the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, and I'm proud to have as my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest growing mortgage investment firms, and Rob Spinoza of RPM Mortgage. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Remember that number because you're going to use it to answer the trivia questions for three tanning certificates giving away this show. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's coming uh, summer. We're trying to get the uh, sun showing here and it's good to get your Don't tan Don't me. On. I have a natural uh, tan. <laughs> we got to have right. a tan. Rob Spinoza, I guess that's got that Italian gorgeous Italian color. Italian, right. yes. <laughs> Sexy. I want to be Rob when I grow up. <laughs> okay. Uh, those, certificate, those, those certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Uh, we're going to go uh, trivia theme, random trivia yet again. Okay. okay. All right. Now, Mark, you've got a very interesting article you want to share about Amazon and credit cards and all well, the rest. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm always trying to look for, um, you know, the story behind the story. And uh, but this time I found two articles that are independent articles, but I, I think there's a relationship there. So check this out. So uh, title of one article says retail hell exclamation point retail bankruptcies now higher than during the great recession and it goes on to talk about a lot of the companies like we know like sears, sears now yeah. in, in marin county and in the bay area is going to close a whole bunch of stores and and uh okay so we're not talking individuals filing bankruptcy we're talking no, no, no. about companies retail yeah. retail, retail, retail store companies. bankruptcies okay. are higher now than during the great recession and they're blaming largely Amazon.com. Uh, okay, yes. so uh, okay, so people buy things from Amazon. They're not going to the quote brick and mortar. Yep. And we all know how easy it is to buy from Amazon yeah. these days. I mean, oh. I, as soon as I think of something, I pull up my phone, pull up my Amazon yeah. app. It recognizes me, so it knows stuff that I bought before or stuff that I may have been looking at. Yeah. Brings it up. It's just boom, boom, boom. It's easy to uh, to buy and, stuff. And, Maybe uh, too easy because here's the second article: yeah. <laughs> bank card default rates rise four straight months in February 2017, according to uh, S&P Experian. Are they blaming that on on Amazon also? Well, I mean, let's put it all together. I mean, Amazon sales are up, retail... Companies are going out and bank card defaults because I think people are charging up a storm. Well, you it's can't just buy so defaults. You cannot pay by cash. Like <laughs> yeah. you're, you're on Amazon, yeah. right? So it's just you know, so, you so those, walk into a retail branch. So those three boats that I have in the parking lot, you're telling me is a problem? <laughs> well, I, I think my wife is single-handedly responsible yeah. for leapfrogging. Jeff Bezos was just didn't he just become second most wealthy billionaire? Right? Yeah, behind wealthy yeah. billionaire. Right? I, think, I think just I go home. When we say billionaire, that automatically means well, wealthy. You but know I, what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah. on that list. 
this. A wealthy billionaire as opposed to a poor billionaire. I want to be the world's first trillionaire. That's my goal. Go ahead. So he, so uh, you look at the ease, Mark. You just mentioned that the ease at which people. I, my wife started on the Amazon Fresh thing. Oh, now. We don't even go to God, grocery store anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and I'm seeing these green boxes everywhere. I mean, <laughs> you know, how do you compete? You have a big retail store, and I've heard about this now on the commercial side. Some of these guys are looking at their retail leases and go, oh, man, what's going to happen yeah. with this place when that guy moves out or when that guy moves sure. out? Is this yeah. place going to become a ghost town? Cause- I, you know what? I, I, it's funny. I'm not a big shopper. But even I've gotten to the point where every day I go and I go, what did I get from Amazon today? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, here at our office at Pacific Private Money, where we're recording today, um, we get Amazon deliveries every single day at the office because just about everybody in the office orders stuff. I order stuff. And then when I go home, More you know, stuff. if I beat my wife home on the on, – yeah. I don't beat my wife. <laughs> when I beat, <laughs> when I beat her getting home, um, there's always one or two or three yeah. Amazon boxes where does, on the well, porch. Where, 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 where does it end? It's nuts. Well, well here, you know what? You well, we all go broke. The credit card. Yeah, but right, but the you know what, though? You, you guys here at the office are smart because the, the packages will come to the office and they're yeah. less likely to get stolen. That's that, There are people who follow FedEx trucks and then when the deliveries are put on the doorstep, yeah. they, they steal them. Yeah. So, right, exactly. And there was, a, I, I remember seeing a video on YouTube. There was a guy that uh, got caught because I guess they the, had a little camera yeah, pointed out yeah. there. And actually, we have, at my house, uh, when I remodeled my house, I have a friend who does home automation. So we installed all of this cat five throughout the house and security cameras and they're recording 24 seven. And so our porch is being recorded. So if, ah, and when someone okay. were able to ever goes up and steals a, a package or parcel off our, off our porch, it'll get recorded. I so just I told the FedEx guy to put it on my bear trap. So that as soon as someone touches it, <laughs> boom, I want to tell you a funny story though. Um, and this, this is just a personal story, but also I tied it to Amazon. So yeah. when you're looking at this Amazon thing, we ordered something, Amazon fresh, uh, and it came in, in the, the, whatever, the avocados were, were smushed or something like that. So my <laughs> wife calls them and they not right away refunded them and then put them in the next order. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and what's important about that is they get the lifetime value of a customer because yeah. what, what they're looking at now, yeah. how expansive this thing could get and oh, yeah. where you, you talk about squab, you know, squibbling, squabbling over, over three avocados or keeping that customer happy. Well, well, hey, I'll get this. One of the guys in my office ordered, um, the uh, five hour energy yep. and he ordered like a whole only big four box. hours right yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> so, <laughs> no so he ordered the, he ordered a box uh, like a, yeah. a, a big box of it right. right yeah he accidentally made the mistake of ordering the wrong flavor and he knew it was his mistake he called up amazon and he explained he goes listen uh you know i just how do i return yeah. this i accidentally ordered the wrong flavor it's totally my fault yeah. they said keep it and we're still going to send you out the right so, one so <clears throat> that's where, nuts where i wanted that's to go awesome. with that is when I was a teenager at one point, I was, I was driving across the country and I, I, I stopped at a mobile station to get gas. And the guy comes out and he, he says, oh, your tires are all screwed up and you need new tires. And I'm like 18 years old. I don't know any better. And I spent, and when I got to where I was going, my dad's like, well, you look like you got new tires on your car. You know, my dad so starts asking me about that. What did you pay for them? And when I told my dad, he's like, How did you, why did you pay that much? He made me feel so bad about what happened at that mobile station. I have never, ever gone to a mobile station again. <laughs> I'm 46, and I have not... I've even not, even I've, when you're out of gas, I haven't bought a drop of gas in mobile since I was 18 years wow. old. So, yeah. so, I mean, they get, they get that, and yeah. they know that they're in a business where sooner rather than later, there will likely be extreme but, competition. But, but the to, thing is, at some point, if it gets too easy, there's going to be a lot of people taking advantage of it. And, oh, I, and maybe I, to the to the extreme. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, again, I, I, that business model, where they're taking that and how fast they're getting there, I, it's, it's almost impossible to keep up with. And I wonder, you know, we talked about the, uh, the, the article, the bank card default rates. I wonder how much of that is Amazon's own credit because they, of course, make it incredibly yeah. easy to say, hey, we'll get it, give you an extra 10% off if you use Don't- our card. Don't you kind of see them as the GE of, of retailing now? Yeah. Almost because, I mean, Absolutely. they're getting to the point where they're not just making light bulbs anymore. They're not selling books. No, no they're, exactly. They're, they're, yep. It's like Amway. <laughs> that's right. No, no, no. Don't no, remind no, me no. of my Amway days. Yeah, yeah <laughs> That's I'm, another I'm, story. I'm not trying to pick on Amway. And by the way, when I have avocados that aren't ripe and they're supposed to be soft, yeah. I just keep throwing them on the ground until they get soft. Okay. Here's our first trivia question. When was the first instance of global electronics communications in sports? Okay, mm. that's our question. Well, that's is when was the first instance of global electronic communications? Global. Global. Okay. That means worldwide. Mm. <laughs> I knew you knew. I knew you. It's got to be old. for that. It's got to be a lot older than. Yeah. We think. Call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that free tanning certificate. All right. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Rob Spinoza. When we cut to the first commercial break, we ask this trivia question. When was the first instance of global electronic communications in sports? Global. Thriller in Manila. Throw in the middle of no. Goes yeah. before then. So uh, Super Bowl nineteen. No, you ready for this? Eighteen seventy one. When the news of the Derby, which I assume they mean the Kentucky Derby wow. winner, was telegraphed from London to Calcutta in under five minutes. Wow, like, that's pretty good. Wow, I don't even know if Google would have got that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get a winner on that one, I thought it was pretty good. But make what well, we want to do, do. Want to make a quick mention for the Wine Garden Children's Center? They're having a special golf tournament. On April 17th at the Peninsula Golf and Country Club, it includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, and golf. Got to check them out at listenspeaklearn.org. Rob, what do you got for us? Hey, so um, I was reading an article. It said Americans responded to higher mortgage rates by snapping up new homes in February at the fastest pace since July. And I actually found that to be quite unusual because here in California, we've had an unusually wet winter. Yeah. And most of the agents that I'm talking with are dealing with the same old problems they had, they've had all along. Now, this is a U.S. study, uh, but, and Department of Commerce. But uh, here in California, I know that many agents are complaining there, have, there hasn't been enough activity. So uh, what they're also saying here is Americans responded to higher mortgage rates as if there's this rush for the, the door. Like, okay, rates are going up. Now it's time to buy because I'm afraid if I don't, we're not really seeing that too much. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, not in California. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not seeing anybody motivated by higher rates to say, I want to get in now. Instead, here, what we tend to see is people say, hey, well, if this continues on forward, will that cause housing prices to go down? And I think there's some historical evidence that says, no, that generally does not happen. That, uh, when that, rates- that's exactly right. Yeah. If you listen to like Bruce Norris, who goes around California speaking and who's been studying trends and graphs for 30 years, will tell right. you that, that history shows that every time mortgage rates move up, price appreciation continues to follow. Which is kind of interesting because, in theory, you can afford less house. Right. Everyone thinks prices will stop going up or go down, but 
because they use logic, right, but that's right, not right. what actually motivates the marketplace. So when interest rates go up, maybe in theory, something's good going on with the economy. People's incomes are, are going Correct. up. And then that's why. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I, think I, I knew it had to be something close. Well, you to have that. an employment component of that. I also want to say that I think that the other thing that's different this time, and you know, there's that whole school of thought and nothing, nothing's different this time around. But this time around, you had, when we looked at last time, and a lot of people still have that recent memory of, of the downturn. Yeah. You got to remember that back then, qualification, like you said, which is a component of it, r- rising interest rates, didn't exist because there was additional product that was accommodating those buyers. So you, you could find a way to qualify. That wasn't your issue. You don't have that anymore. So, so you could make a case that that might cap how much values could go up. But I also think the other thing is historically we're still at very good levels. So you're talking about mid fours yeah. in a lot on yeah. a lot of programs, four percent interest rates up from three and a half. Uh, I don't see that abating any of the demand on the buyer side so far. Not here in California. Oh, I remember my parents' mortgage was six and seven eighths back in 1968. Yeah, and 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 I remember when I first got in the business, the day we dropped under six, it was like. You know, this was the day that pigs are supposed to fly, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, so uh, I think now you're looking at this, and I don't see uh, buyers deterred by the higher rates. I, I know that everybody that was in the process in 2016 that didn't get a house, yeah, they still have that little bit of bitterness about not getting that, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know, as low as it could have been. But I think as every month goes by, people are getting more accustomed to the fact that rates are in that, they've been range bound in the low fours for, for most programs. But, but there's also that part about how there was so much of a frenzy for a while. People were getting so frustrated that they were getting outbid right. on right. 15 houses that they just dropped out. They just said, you know what? I'm just not going to buy. Right it's now. like the unemployment yeah. rate Fatigue. is low, yeah, but that doesn't include off. the people that Stop gave up, up trying to find yeah. a job. Like yeah. there's, I've got family members who haven't, uh, who've been unemployed, um, and they're not they're not looking they're not included but in how, do, how do people not picking on any family members but just in general i mean when people you know say well it's like they say they drop out of the market how you, do where do you go do, yeah <laughs> i mean you gotta you know you gotta live you, somewhere yeah you gotta live well it's somewhere. interesting rob you said you know that's the national um right. the national article saying you know february was a was a banner month for for home demand and you know of course while it was raining every day here, here in the Bay Area, you have Chicago that didn't get uh, a drop of snow right. uh, for the first time in recorded history. Yeah. And then you got the East Coast, which actually had unseasonably high weather. So, so we've got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, so it's interesting. It's, it's uh, when you, you know, it's hard to look at national numbers and, and get any real traction or any, um, you know, any, any relevance out of it. But it is interesting. I mean, I just p- pulled up, uh, you know, it's, it's the, it's uh, April 1st and I just pulled up the information on, on, uh, Case Schiller for home price appreciation and nationally um, it's interesting the national you know consolidated home price appreciation is now going up higher than bay area home price appreciation so the rest of the country which has been following and lagging considerably um, and again, this is on a on a countrywide blended average, right. of course. But now the rest of the country on a blended average is starting to catch up and actually pass up the t- the the price appreciation in the Bay Area because the Bay Area has cooled off quite a bit. We're now at a between five and six percent annualized year over year price appreciation, which I'm happy with as a, as a lender. I like that. I think that's sustainable. Yeah. I also think you got to look at the price. The home prices, when you talk about that clip of appreciation and what that does to affordability, because five and six percent on a million one is different than five and six percent in real dollars on yeah. two hundred and fifty thousand. That's a good yeah. point, and I think that a lot of buyers are, are are dealing with that element of it too. But we see demand is 
is strong. Um, we, we touched on unemployment here just a minute mm-hmm. ago, the unemployment rate, but I have another article I brought. The unemployment rate in all nine counties in the Bay Area was below 6% in January. Latest data from California Employment Development Department shows San Mateo County had the lowest unemployment at 2.9%, followed by Marin and San Francisco at 3.2%. So that's virtually no yeah. unemployment here. Right. So if you want a job, you can get, get a, job. a job. But, I, but again, I, I, I always... You know, I always take that information with a grain of salt because there are actually a substantial number of people who, you know, maybe they're constitutionally unemployable or they just refuse to take low paying jobs and therefore are, you know, out of the market. Because right now, in terms of the number of Americans not working, it's a scary high number. It's almost 100 million. And that's just, that right? wow. Yes, it's, it's hard to believe, but that's... that's Wait, uh, of the working for... No, the... Of working... Just, no, the, it's, it's in the 90 millions. It's close to 100 okay, million. Okay, wait, wait. There's how many... It, was 350 million, million yeah. people, right? Yeah. And you're, and you're saying... It's so like, that includes baby... 350 million includes baby. Yeah, I don't people, know 100 for sure. That's But I, I've seen those articles published where they, where they talk about 90 million people that are not, that are not working. That, that could be working and are not. Yeah. It's wow. got to be the total, though, don't you think? I don't know. I, I, I got to think so. I, yeah, I got to think All right, I'll please. investigate that and get okay. back for the next <laughs> week. I'll get the... I know it sounds hard to believe, yeah. but I've, su- but I've seen but that article in multiple places. But always higher than what you read in the, in, in the, you know, when you hear the news and they talk about the unemployment rate, it's, it's deceptively. Well, low. when you say 3%, that would suggest that right. only three out of 100 people who are working age are not working. And that's simply not true. The number is much higher yeah. than that. There are much more than that three per 100 people right. who would work if they had a job that they were motivated to take, but they're, mm-hmm. they believe that they can't get paid enough. And like, for example, I have a family member who isn't working because for him, it's not worth getting out of bed if he can't make at least 15 bucks an hour. Right, and he's right, going yeah. around and Target and these other places are offering 11 and 12. And he's saying after taxes, I don't make any money. I might as well just, you know, live off the land. And that's pretty I, much what he's I, doing. I heard the same situation where there was a guy who was on uh, welfare. And when he was offered a job at some dollars an hour yeah. and at first he said yeah i was going to take it then he realized then, his benefits were already yeah he, he didn't show up for the job I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm better off watching tv <laughs> i wish i could get paid for watching tv okay we're going to cut to our second commercial break trivia question here you ready and actually uh i said random trivia it's actually sports trivia that we're doing all right all right what sport was banned in england in 1457, because it was considered a serious distraction from the serious pursuit of archery. So mm. which sport was banned? That's the question, all right? 888-912-1190. To answer that question, if you're the first question, uh, first answer with the correct, first caller with the correct answer, that's go. what I'm looking at that for. <laughs> then you're going to win that Tan Bella certificate, which is, by the way, good for three tanning services. So it's actually worth, uh, worthwhile to answer. All right? Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Honf and Rob Spinoza. All right, we asked another hard sports trivia question. What sport was banned in England in 1457 because it was considered a serious distraction from the serious pursuit of archery? can't believe you came up with these questions, but I'm going to guess fox hunting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say the same thing. Because you're saying uh, talking uh, England. Yeah, no, that would be golf. What? Yeah. Wow. Because remember, you know, uh, uh, St. Andrews in yeah. Scotland, uh, mm. it's, it's been, it was around for a long right. time. I guess these okay. guys like to have fun Golf. rather than uh, pursue archery. 
So, Rob, you've had, yes. go ahead, continue on with I've that. I found a funny article about something, and I think it sort of exemplifies what people, you know, the frustration that some uh, buyers have in, here in the Bay Area, combating high cost of living. Um, anyway, this company, Zapier, a workflow automation startup, uh, helps uh, helps users connect apps, is offering $10,000 to Bay Area residents who accept a position with the company and agree to move away. <laughs> but, but where to? Well, it, uh, it doesn't say. They, most of their workforce uh, uh, you know, telecommutes or works remotely, wow. and they can apply that $10,000 towards reimbursing moving expenses for the first three Wait, months. Wait, hold on. If I do telecommuting, can I just stay where I'm at? <laughs> well, not telecommuting, but working remotely is what uh, I meant to say. Yeah, so... but. Uh, Wait a minute. What, what am I missing? If I re- work so remotely, they're going to move. That- they're going to move somewhere else where the cost of living is less expensive, and they're just going to work remotely, right? And they're going to, but they're saying instead of having an office space here in the Bay Area where the cost of living, living is high, so I think go the, live somewhere else. I think the idea behind that is I'll pay you ten thousand. Go move someplace cheaper, cheaper because I want to pay you less. It could be. I don't want to yeah. have to pay you one hundred twenty thousand dollars code. I want to pay you seventy five thousand. Oh, okay. Plus, when you come here and, fr- and are frustrated and can't buy a place to live, eventually it's going to impact your workforce. Yeah. So that's actually kind of brilliant. So it's a short term investment to save long term on wages. Yeah, there's got to be some like clawback, or you know, you have to work for so long. Well, it, yeah. it does talk about that. So yeah. there are some strings attached. It says in 2016, a New Zealand town offered packages of land and homes for one hundred sixty five k. To anyone willing to live and work there. So it's it's following a precedent of trying to lure people. And look, I think the United States is going to deal with this at some point too. When you yeah. look at Michigan, when you look at sure. Indiana, places like that, yeah. you've got a lot of educated people that are in that uh, part of the country for a short period of time and then they go elsewhere, the brain drain, and they go work somewhere else. You know, I, I, I've done some real estate uh, deals in San Antonio and mm. so the houses are like, you know, 60,000. Oh, okay. 60, I mean, in, in uh, yeah. you know, blue collar, 60,000, yeah. right? But when I've dealt with the attorneys and the escrow officers there, they are the sharpest people. Yeah, very, They're at very, least very, as good as the people yeah, in California. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was take, really impressed. Take what they do very seriously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that is, I, I grew up in suburban Chicago, and, and, I, and I will attest to the fact that it's a great place to grow up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they're hardworking people, and it's a shame to see some of those areas. I remember reading an article, and I don't want to get political, but I remember reading an article talking about the, the Donald Trump's base and how it's difficult for people on the coast to uh, understand what has happened in middle America and yeah, a lot I've of those towns where, where those they've basically become ghost towns. The retail establishments we were talking about earlier, nobody's shopping there. There's no opportunities. You're, t- you're talking to a different uh, a different environment. And, and yeah. are they are, are those people who are growing up there um, and looking at ghost towns, are they blaming whatever the previous administration? I mean, how does that work? Possibly, but I think in the context of what we're discussing here, take a look at some of those kids. They'll go to a really good school. Um, They'll have job opportunities that are there, but they'll be limited. Or they'll go to college, and then they'll recognize that there is stuff going on in Silicon Valley and other places, and they'll try to relocate. No, but I guess what I'm getting at is why would they vote for Trump oh I, yeah, that, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get understand. into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be political. No, I'm trying to be yeah, exactly. completely just straight. No, no pro-Trump right, or anti-Trump. Right, right, I'm just right. kind of wondering what. Well, the article did go into that. It did gotcha. talk about all okay. the complexities, mm. of, but but I think from an economic standpoint, I see that because I mean I certainly feel that way when I go back to you know um, the Midwest and places like that. You see the contrast between, and you know, I've talked yeah. with family members who are still there, and they say, "Hey, you guys there in, in, in the Bay Area, you live in a bubble." Yeah, you know, you, you everything well, is. No, like, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we they that's they call me Bubble Boy. <laughs> no, but, but you know what? I'll, I'll I'm going to guess that what it has to do with is 
they just want change. And they assume yeah, if, they have a, if you have a different change, oh, I, yeah, that's probably what it is. I also want to touch on one other thing related to that because I, I brought another article where it talks about the 15 worst cities for renters. Ooh. So in that list, number two is – price? Uh, I'm assuming it's yeah, price and availability, yeah. and all, but mostly yeah. price. Number two is San Diego. Number four is Los Angeles. Number five, Orange County. Number seven, Riverside County. I wouldn't have guessed that. Number eight, Oakland. I would have guessed that. Yeah. Nine, Sacramento, 11, San Francisco. So, so most yeah. of them are in California. Yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah. There you go. So I think it's tough if you're running a business here and you want a, a quality, talented workforce. You, like you said, Mark, you got to pay them, and yeah. they're, they're facing a very high cost of living. Rob's on a roll, so why don't you give him okay, his Rob, email question? Okay, Rob, we got an email. Is that what uh, you call it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call it on a roll. Okay, we got an email that says, I want to buy a home that needs some work once I move in. Uh, I, can I finance that uh, into my mortgage when I close? So this ties right into that, and I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these buyers go out there, they confront the market, and they realize the only thing they can afford is a property that may be a fixer, right? So they've got a little bit of a down payment saved. They've got, they qualify for the loan. Not a lot of homes for sale. They're looking mm-hmm. at a property and say, okay, as soon as I move in, I got to put a hundred, two hundred thousand into this thing just to make it the house I'm seeing on the market that I can't afford. The long or the short answer is no. You can't finance repairs into your transaction hmm. because most conventional programs are basing your loan to value off the lesser of the purchase price or appraised value. So if you're already maximizing your loan to value, let's say that's eighty percent or ninety percent in the case of residential financing, there's nowhere else to go. And if you are thinking, hey, if I improve the house, it'll be worth X amount more. Now you're dealing essentially with a construction type product where right. they're going to look at the future value of the home base the loan to value off of that, but that's a different program altogether. So wow. it's a great question to yeah. ask your loan officer. Um, there are some instances where there are options available. You can do a home equity line of credit behind a first, for example. Or at least you could help people with... Absolutely, we can help them. And okay. we can help them navigate that dilemma and, and instruct them on what to do. Okay. So Rob Spinoza, uh, mortgage broker extraordinaire. RPM uh, Mortgage, yep. Mill yep. Valley. And uh, what I tell folks is just go on to uh, Yelp, for example, and just Go look at my customer reviews, and you'll find me at RPM Mortgage, Rob Spinoza. Do a Google search, and, and there I am. And how also, many, how many uh, reviews do you have? I'm curious. I haven't uh, looked at yours lately. I think I'm, I think I'm running the game on Marin. I'm over like almost 60 now. Wow. Yeah, it's totally five-star. And if they count the nice. hidden ones, it's probably closer to 90. But yeah, I mean, huh. we work really hard for our clients, and we have a great customer satisfaction rating. And hard-earned, but we, we love what we do. Wow. And that, that type of loan, just by the way, and I know we're, we're running uh, close to the next commercial break, but uh, private money is always an option for that. We have done mm-hmm. many purchase situations where we provided the uh, portion of the purchase price and additional funds for rehab, but we you, generally do require a little bit extra collateral, and sometimes people right. have that option. We can, we can cross with other property and give them the cash they need to remodel before they move in. Right. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to cut to our uh, next commercial break here. And again, the sports trivia question is, what country was the only soccer team in the 1994 World Cup in which all 11 players' last names ended with the letters O-V? Like like Moskorov or something like that. Isn't that funny? I wonder if they're all related. Okay. uh, Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. If you're the first one with the correct answer, you're going to win that free Tanbella tanning certificate. Here's the question again. What country was the only soccer team in the 1994 World Cup in which all 11 players' last names ended with the letters OV? Which, by the way, I went on Yelp to try to give myself a bunch of Yelps, but... That didn't, didn't work. It didn't work. All right. <laughs> Don't touch that down. When we come back, Mark Honf is going to answer a very interesting email about um, 
Investing in the fund. Investing in the fund. Thank you very much. All right. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Rob Spinoza. Here was our uh, last trivia question on this was, what country was the only soccer team in the 1994 World Cup in which all 11 players' last names ended with the letters O-V? Is it Slovakia or Moldova? Kazakhstan? No, <laughs> Bulgaria. Uh, Bulgaria. See, I don't know my OVs. The, OVs, yeah, exactly. I'm that's sure that. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Wow. All right, so Mark, we have a email that we received. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll I'll just read it out to you here. It says, "I have interest in investing three hundred thousand dollars in your fund, but when my attorney looked at your website, he was concerned about the owner occupied loans that your company has made." He said California passed a law several years ago that made it almost impossible to make a loan to a, an owner occupied house. I have looked at other pools, meaning mortgage pools, and no one else uh, will do owner-occupied loans. Please explain how you were able to do this. So I love this. This actually did come in, and I I did actually respond by email um, to this because I I actually love the question, and I actually told him that I'm going to use this on the radio show. It's such a good question. So um, he's asking about – he starts out saying, hey, I have an interest in investing $300,000 in your fund. And so for new listeners at Pacific Private Money, which is my company, I'm broker and president of Pacific Private money based right here in the Bay Area. We are a regional marketplace lender, which is the fancy new name. We used to be called hard money lenders or even private money lenders, which we still use the term private money lenders uh, regularly. But uh, we're in the business of uh, making, uh, we're an alternative source for real estate loans. And people come to us generally when they need speed, you need to close quickly, or they don't qualify for bank financing, or it's kind of an oddball transaction like the one uh, Rob just mentioned where someone wants to borrow uh, borrow money not only to help purchase the house, but borrow extra money to do remodeling. And so that's not an unusual request that, that we will serve. So we're kind of a plan B when plan A, which is conventional or bank financing, fails. And we fund the majority of those loans that we make at Pacific Private Money with private capital. And one of the ways you can participate uh, and uh, in mortgage investing, as we call it, at Pacific Private Money, one, one of the ways you can participate in mortgage investing is through uh, one of our mortgage pool funds. And so uh, we have a gentleman that was looking at our offering circular, uh, looking to invest in the Pacific Private Money Fund, which has been paying uh, between 75 and 8% uh, monthly, uh, for the last four years, and we've been growing that fund. Uh, we're looking to raise uh, raise about $50 million, and we're halfway there right now. Um, and we've got about 100 investors in that fund uh, who are enjoying uh, that that annual uh, yield in the 75 to 8% range with uh, distributions made monthly. In fact, we pay more out in a month than most banks pay in an entire year. A typical monthly distribution would be anywhere from 06 to 0.7%. So almost, you know, n- you know, near a one percent on, on a on, on some months so anyway so he had his attorney like I said look look at this and said well you guys are doing owner occupied and uh, he did make one mistake it's not that California passed a law several years ago it's that nationally Dodd Frank was right. enacted and you anyone who's listened to us has heard us rail against Dodd Frank <laughs> and Dodd Frank um, put in you know layers and layers and layers of new regulations and predatory lending guidelines 
that make it really difficult, not for banks to make uh, home loans and owner-occupied loans, but for private lenders, for hard money lenders to continue to make loans uh, on an owner-occupied transaction. And it's actually not illegal. It's just that you have to underwrite the person's income and their ability to afford the monthly payments. That's really what it comes down to, number one. Number two, you also have to have additional licensing. Number three, there's a more uh, strenuous disclosure laws and waiting periods that are required. And so when you look at all of that, plus you have to get the right software for those disclosures, you have to hire and train people to be able to properly create those disclosures. And so most people in our space, most people in the private money lending industry, they're small shops and they just are not willing to invest the time, the money, the fees, uh, the licensing requirements, all of that, uh, the software, they're just not willing to go that route. So it's not that it's illegal, uh, and it's not even that it's that difficult. It's just that it requires a certain investment uh, in your company. And the so compliance, requ- I mean, we have an entire compliance. We're residential yeah, mortgage yeah. lenders primarily doing, yeah, owner-occupied, and we have an entire compliance department and disclosure so, department. So what's interesting is I went to a um, private money lenders conference, uh, the California um, conference is called the California Mortgage Association. It's got about 300 members, all private and hard money uh, lenders. And three years ago, someone asked the crowd, um, how many people, raise your hands if you're making owner-occupied loans. And this was like like right in the thick of the Dodd-Frank regulations coming out uh, and making it more difficult. And like two people in the whole room raised their hands. And the first thing I thought of is, oh my God, that's where the opportunity is. So we decided to, to... to take that uh, that approach and go, well, everyone else is racing the opposite direction. I'm only going to make business purpose and investment purpose, non-owner occupied loans. Well, it turns out that that market right now, there's a there's huge competition. There's so much money chasing those borrowers that the no- rates are going down, the fees are going down. It's a it's a loser market space right now, in my opinion. Um, so at now we still make those loans because people will call us and they don't know that they can probably get it cheaper <laughs> down the road from one of those other companies that are tripping over themselves to make those loans. But but we, we know how to make uh, owner-occupied loans. And they're actually, the quality of those loans are fabulous because you've got, typically speaking, it's a, it's a high FICO borrower with a transaction that's in distress, needs to close quickly, bank financing for some funky reason fell out. They will qualify within a relatively short period for bank financing, and they just need a bridge loan. And so we're, right. in, the, we're in the bridge loan. That's our primary business. It's still not quite the majority of our, of our loans, but probably a year or two from now, it will be the majority of our loans. Now, when this attorney looks at the disclosures and he sees owner-occupancy, what, I mean, what's the outside percentage we're even talking about here? Of of the entire fund, well, it's it's about fifty fifty right okay. now. Is and and but I love these loans because they're. Uh, I mean, I would almost rather make. Well, I would not yeah, almost. Yeah. I would rather make an owner occupied bridge loan than a loan to a flipper. Because I'll tell you right now, yeah. the default rates on loans to guys who are buying, fixing, and flipping property is is skyrocketing, and it's because the marketplace isn't appreciating the same way. And so the people that were making... their make, costs are escalating. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. the guys that... The, the people out there that really aren't that good, but they were still making money in 12, 13, Caught. 14 because, you mm-hmm. know, the, the rising the tide was raising yeah. all boats. Now 
now that the tide's going out in some markets, you know, we're seeing you know who's not wearing any trunks anymore. Right. And so a lot of these guys, um, I, I mean, I'm just hearing this anecdotally at at Pacific Private Money, we actually have a very very low, uh, almost negligible default rate because we don't we don't we don't focus on fix and flip loans. That's not yeah. our primary business. But I had lunch the other day with someone who's 100 percent of his business is to flippers, and they're foreclosing left and right. Wow. Yeah, they're not well, necessarily I'll, losing money, but it's just yeah. it's a distraction. Well, mostly people don't want to default on their own home either. You know, it's well, one thing and, to and walk hence, away from an investor. Hence, hence the disclosure requirements, because right. when you have someone living there, now you have all these consumer rights, and that's what's been true. True. I'm yeah. just thinking, just yeah. strictly from a risk standpoint. Yeah. Um, but one of the other things I like about your business, Mark, is that even if the banks loosen up, where the Dodd Frank, you know, is not uh, as much an issue, they might pull back a little bit and have may, some easier exactly. programs again. And it will happen. It's going to get easier to get bank money, but they still can't. And you say this all the time, Edward. Yeah, they can't compete. Speed. Speed. They can't compete yeah. with and speed. I can close by next Friday. Yeah, and there's and no bank in the world that can you got to remember that that, yeah. that the, the banking model, for better or worse, now that it's lived through the Dodd Frank era, is you've got all this counterparty yeah. risk in, as well. In other words, counterparties are assuming that loans are going to be disclosed a certain way. So even when things loosen up, which I hope they do sensibly, you're still going to have a consumer attitude out there or an investor attitude out there that takes that into consideration, yeah. implicitly yeah. or explicitly. All right. Yeah. Now, when we come back from break, Mark, you've got an interesting deal of the week that we want to share with I the do. listeners. Okay. Cool. And uh, so we don't have a trivia question because we already asked all three of our trivia questions. Because we went back to 1100 <laughs> and we couldn't find anything else after <laughs> that. Right. Oh history God, ended yeah. and then we couldn't find we'll it. We'll be lucky if anybody answered <laughs> any of those. We'll have to go check the, uh, that's the right. phone Come on, we're, we're going to party like it's 1455. They couldn't read the stone tablets any longer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing is going to be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hahn, mm. president of Pacific Private Money, and Rob Spinoza of RPM Mortgage. Now, Mark, give us a deal of the week. So on this show, every couple of shows, I come up with uh, with a deal of the week to talk about some of the loans that we're doing uh, at Pacific Private Money. And so kind of dovetailing off the last conversation where we went into you know why and how we do owner-occupied loans uh, at Pacific Private Money, we are one of the few private lenders or regional marketplace lenders in California that serve the um, owner-occupied uh, purchase transaction community. We uh, market to realtors and mortgage brokers extensively, you know, looking to say, hey, if you've got a client that's in a pickle, we can help out and you get to keep the client. And one of the reasons why mortgage brokers and uh, realtors like that, particularly not so much realtors, realtors will send us clients that they know are in need, but it's really a mortgage broker. You've got a client, you've done the work on the file, um, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping to earn a, a commission and then something glitches and the transaction looks like it's going to fail. But we can come in and rescue that transaction, especially if you're running out of time and especially in the Bay Area marketplace where you have to be aggressive and sometimes you have to get a 21-day or 30-day maximum escrow in order to capture that transaction. Um, you know, we can really step in and close it quickly and then um, we call it our refer and recapture program. So as a mortgage broker, we don't do a paper. So we just do private money and we close the deal and you keep the client, you get to refinance him out, you get to earn that fee on the upleg transaction, but we will close the purchase side of it and you can uh, then refinance him out uh, within that 
11-month period that we have for our bridge loan program. So for more information about that, uh, check us out. Check out our website. we got a new website with all kinds of good information on there at PacificPrivateMoney.com, PacificPrivateMoney.com. So now deal of the week. So we had um, a woman call us who has 50% down to purchase a home in Marin County for $1,600,000. It's actually $1,650,000 is the purchase price. She has $850,000 in uh, cash and the balance she wants to borrow. Well, that's you know 50-ish percent loan to value. Why wouldn't a bank do that? Well, it turns out that her income, 100% of her income is from a trust. And not only that, the second parent recently died and her trust income went from 100000 a year to $500,000 a year. Sounds all good to me so far. Right, so she's making great money. Why can't she get a bank loan? Well, Rob probably knows the reason yeah. why. Yeah, you don't have a history on that earning. There's no history, yeah. right. It's not seasoned. So half a million bucks income a year is great, and, and she certainly qualifies. She certainly qualifies doing all the math that we have to do because we have to make sure that they, of course, qualify too because we're not allowed to make a loan to a person who can't demonstrate the ability to make those monthly payments, but clearly at half a million dollars a year. The other part of it too is, is I'm not 100% sure of this. She might be buying the property in the trust, which also can be problematic for uh, many, many lenders. But uh, again, on the refinance side, her mortgage broker is uh, very, very confident that uh, after the requisite seasoning that he'll be able to refinance her into a much lower qualifying uh, interest rate loan. Sounds like a very conservative loan. Very, very conservative. So, you know, this is the type of of transactions that, again, outside the box. I mean, not all transactions are outside the box. Sometimes it's just like we talked about earlier, they're running out of time. Everything looks good. A high FICO borrower, good down payment, good income, everything's great, but something took too long and the bank can't close in time. And you know, other, other ones that we've done um, are things like maybe uh, if you have a family trust, uh, you know, parents died and the siblings now own the property, but one wants to keep it and the other two wants to get bought out. Oh, yeah. We can help with those transactions right. too. So if Absolutely. you're a probate lawyer, please refer your clients to us. Again, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Yeah, you're paying a good interest rate to the those uh, people who are investors. Yeah. All right, we're going to close the show out today. So here's our thoughts for the day. These are baseball thoughts. Mm. Wes Westrom, not even sure who that is, but he says... Wes Nessman? Wes <laughs> Westrom said, baseball is like church. Many attend, but few understand. <laughs> and Ted Williams, I like this one. He said, baseball is the only field of endeavor where a man can fail seven out of ten times and be considered a good performer. That's right. In fact, you fail seven out of ten times in baseball, you're still elected to the Hall of Fame, and you get multi-millions of dollars. <laughs> I can do that. I can fail seven out of ten. Absolutely. You know what? The difference between hitting 250 and hitting 300 extra is only week. one extra hit a week. Yeah. Wow. Not bad. Amazing. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.